morning bitches and welcome to wellness for real it's your girl marlena today i know i say it every week but we have a very special episode you guys this one is very close to my heart our guest today georgia carlton you may know her as georgia losing it to live with dub dub graced us with her presence and you guys she was so real and raw with us we left this episode completely unedited even with mistakes I was actually cut off by zoom and rejoined the conversation uh but you guys this episode is so good and we so appreciate Georgia for keeping it real because that's how we do it here so we hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed talking to Georgia And make sure you're leaving us a review. Make sure you're sharing the podcast, talking about it. Tag us when you talk about us. And let us know what you're loving. And you know what? Let us know if you have any constructive criticism because we love that too. And we love you guys for listening. So thank you. Now I'm going to stop talking and let y'all listen to this episode because it's so good. So buckle up, y'all. It's about to get real. So I always like downplay my own story just because I feel like, oh, people have had it worse. So like, you're not that bad. But I mean, like, you know, growing up, I, like many people, I've experienced sexual abuse um, from people close to me. Um, and I grew up in a very Christian home. That's also a part of it. Like grew up in a very Christian home where my dad was a pastor for over 30 years. So mm-hmm. I had to live up to this stigma of and I lived in a small town too so it was like my teacher would say oh I'm gonna call your dad like they used that as a weapon yeah <laughs> and then I got to the point was like do you want me to dial the number because like you're not gonna use that against me <laughs> like I'm my own person and I um need to figure out life myself and yes my dad's a pastor and I feel like that has influenced me a lot But I also felt like at points in my life, I just had to explore um, and discover me, which I, I mean, and I I will say I never like left God, but I just needed to figure out what the relationship with God looked like for me and not based on my dad's um, being a pastor and all that. And so in that, I just made decisions (laughs) that probably weren't the best like all of us. Um, and like I said, yeah, I was, you know, sexually abused twice by two, for periods of time by two different people. One was an, um, an uncle and one was a family friend. Um, and that like, of course it scarred me. Like I, I never said that before. That's probably the first time I said it scarred me and it made me become, I used to, my whole, um, persona was I'm going to get them before they get me like Mm. that's the attitude I took on and so I was gonna hurt you before you can hurt me because we're not doing that again and so for so long I lived in the I want to hurt you before you hurt me and I just carried even within friendships not even just like with relationships just within friendships I became so hard like even my friends would be like like Georgia you're so like well, this is just me. That was my, this is just me. I'm just, I'm just being real. Um, but then I realized while I was being real, there is a way to say stuff 
and there is a way to come across, but I wasn't being real because I was being genuinely real. I was protecting myself. I was protecting myself from anyone hurting me. And then for years, I just carried that. I carried that I'm going to protect myself um, before you can hurt me. And so I would, I just dated a lot in my dating years, but I just protected myself and I would never let, because it was a man who, who sexually assaulted me, who sexually violated me. I know I would, I promise I would never let a man hurt me like those two people did. Yeah. Um, and so that, that was just, that's a part of my story of who I am and kind of how I developed um and um and then within that i like i went through a period of time of just like dating and just having you know wrong relationships but then i i also came back to because i was you know in church all my life um that i had to figure out um just like what god meant to me even in my pain because that was a lot was like well, God, if you love me, then why did you, you know, why did you let this happen? Why did you let me suffer? Why did you let um, these people violate me as a child? Um, And so just working through that, and it took many years, I probably am still working through some of that, but it took many years of, um, I always always say now, like, what I've been through, because I've been, you know, I have IVF, my brother was killed by a police officer, like all that, what I've been through, I try to just tell myself like as hurtful it, it was for me, I now feel like it's something that I, like it wasn't just for me, like it was for other people. Like I experienced all this and it was hard. It was at times I wanted to commit suicide, but I, be, I, I got through. And I'm okay, mostly. <laughs> I'm yeah. okay. And that you can be okay too. Like you can go through some tragedies and still be okay. So like that's kind of how I look at it now, but I didn't always look at it that way. Yeah. I can definitely I find it interesting you're downplaying it too. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like I mean, when you just <laughs> said, you know, people have gone through more than I mean, you've gone through a a lot. I mean, that's a lot. I don't, I don't know why I downplay. I guess I feel like I don't know, like, you know, I still had my parents. You know, like I still had loving oh. parents. I still grew up in two parents. Like it could have been so much worse. So I always feel like like, you know, my little story is whatever I, I i i don't know why i down i still downplay i don't know why um i think also i just don't want anyone to ever feel like their story isn't good enough and like i my stories you know i don't i i don't know why <laughs> i do it well I, I, yeah well i think a lot of people can relate to a lot of Me that too. right like um you know i've talked mm-hmm. about being sexually assaulted at a young age and how that played a big role in me not taking care of myself my whole life and you talked about protecting yourself i was like oh yeah Mm -hmm. i I definitely know what that's like because for me like my weight was me protecting myself Mm -hmm. from men mostly right um so so is like did you struggle with your weight most of your life was that kind of tied into everything else as well all my life and i just you know kind of 
like chopped it up to like my whole family's overweight, but I've never, like, I've never, I've never experienced this. This is the first time in my life. Like in middle school, I was 275, 280 pounds. Like I've never experienced this body, but I also will say, I, I, now that I, like you're talking, I think about it because I always said I wanted to marry at when I was heavy. I didn't want to marry thin. I wanted to meet the person I married heavy so that if I ever got thin, then okay, but you're going to love me the way I am big. Yeah. Um, and so I do think it played a part in how, again, that protection of I'm going to protect myself because if I get thin and then marry and then get big again, <laughs> are you going to leave me? Are right. you going to hurt me? Right. Like it, it yeah. goes back, back to that protection. And I just, you just brought that to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I love in your journey, um, we were, me and Felicia were pre-chatting about this, that you were already married and you had children and you had like your life. And I feel like a lot of the times with weight loss specifically, people will lose weight for vanity driven reasons, right? Mm -hmm. Like I want to find someone to marry or right. I want to have this life. And like, you, yeah. ha you know, you, you had those things. So what was the turning point for you when you decided that you needed to start taking care of your health? Um, probably after, so I had, like I struggled with I, um, infertility. Um, we never, I guess we did figure out, I had my um, fallopian tubes were closed, we figured out. And so I would never conceive naturally unless it was Jesus basically. I mean, yeah. at that point, yeah. <laughs> like I would never conceive naturally. And so, um, after we um we had kids um with with all the infertility drugs you gain weight um and also just it's emotional ugh, as you know it's yeah. so emotional it's so taxing so you know i ate whatever i wanted um but i gained more weight and so i had kids and then my knees started going out like i would be carrying my daughter and my knees would just go out i would um lay on the floor and play with my kids and I couldn't just get up. Like I had to like crawl to the couch and like lift myself up um, just because my knees were going out. And they were, at first they just said, oh, it's it's pregnancy. Cause it was right after I had my daughter. It was, it's just pregnancy related. Like I would literally lay on the floor. I had lost all muscle um, movement in my leg that I couldn't even lift my leg up. It was really weird. I didn't realize it, but I would lay on the floor and the, the physical therapist was like, lift your right leg. And I could not physically lift my right leg. Like I had, zero um strength in my right leg but they just said it was pregnancy related um until i got a uh x-ray and they found that i had arthritis in both knees and my hips um oh, wow. and so i was like and i was 35 36 um and so i was like oh and my knees were already going out and she was like you know you'll never be able to run walk you know do anything that high intensity stuff. And I was like, prove them wrong. <laughs> right. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was like, that was devastating. Cause then I'm like, how am I going to lose weight? I can't do anything. Um, uh, but then that was pretty much the turning point was just like, I don't want to feel like this anymore. And I was in pain every night I would lay in bed with, you know, and with my husband and I just, I would just be in excruciating pain because my knees, and my joints just hurt so much. And I wasn't doing anything. Like it was just day to day cooking dinner, sitting on the couch and I'd be in so much pain. And I was just existing in my family's life. Like I went, we'd go to the park and I would 
beeline to a bitch because I, you know, I take, you know, we're outside, okay. But I didn't want to be active because it was so much, it was so painful. And I was just like, I, I don't want this life. Um, and so that was pretty much was I when I decided like I don't want to just be spectating in my kids and my family's life like I want to participate. One of these kids are a blessing and I pay too much for them not to participate. <laughs> <laughs> this time, um, this isn't the first time I had tried to lose weight. So um, I don't, I think I was just to the point where I wasn't going to ever give up. That was my, I think that was probably the changing point. I wasn't ever going to give up and I wasn't ever going to give up any food where before all my weight losses, I'd have to give up bread. I'd have to give up this. Yep. <laughs> and that's, I just decided, yeah, I need a lifestyle that I have, I don't have to give up. I can choose not to eat something, but I don't, I don't have to give it up. No, um, and I kind of totally get that because my weight loss journey, I did older, like I, older as well. And mine was really more health driven. Um, mm -hmm. But it was what I, I approached it a little bit differently with the mindset of whatever I do, I need to be able to do for the rest of my life. So right. I, I'm not going to not eat bread for the rest of my life. I'm not going to not exactly. have pizza, pasta, like none of that shit's happening. I will no. never eat fat free <laughs> cheese ever. But um, so it was sort of- I'll hate on fat free cheese. And I'm I sorry, do. I just got kicked off for no reason. I don't know. I know we just happened. kept going. We kind of noticed that no, we just I kept No, I appreciate moving. that. I think the recording stopped and then it restarted when. Okay. And oh. I hit, it said, Felicia, you're the host. So then I hit recording okay. on mine. Oh, okay. So, we'll um, figure it out later. Sorry. Sorry. So I'm recording as well. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, I think it was, that was kind of my approach to like, whatever I do here is going to be for the rest of my life. So every decision, every right. habit, however, how I'm going to approach this because mine was more health driven. Mm -hmm. um, than what I looked like in a swimsuit. Don't get me wrong. I would right. like to look better, but I mean, yeah. I started my journey at 49. So it was, you know, I have diabetes in my family. It was very health focused. And so right. I thought I can't do this if I'm going to, I'm not doing keto. I'm not doing whatever. Like, I just can't, it won't, it won't work. It'll last for me for not two for me. days, dude. I can't eat meat and cheese and put butter in my coffee. That's just not going to work for me. Do people do but, that? People put butter yes. in coffee? Yeah, that's on the keto diet. You put butter in your yeah. coffee. Shut up. I'm not fucking kidding. I think it's all like bullet, bullet yeah, coffee. Yeah, it's a bullet coffee. Bullet coffee. Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah, yeah it's I'm real. So, I feel so out of, I like um, have no idea. But I mean, I just, like you said, you know, you have to really, it has to be something that you can do forever. You know, and right. how are you going to do that? Yeah, and I had tried like, one diet I tried was called green face where you ate only like green fruit and green vegetables and anything with the face. What? <laughs> what? It, yeah. Didn't work. That one I've never heard of. <laughs> oh yeah. That's hilarious. That's I love crazy. It. Who comes up with this stuff? I don't know, but they're doing it. They're I making lots of money. The green um, face. Diet. I got to Google that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I don't even know if it's real. I mean, <laughs> but I did it I and I it. ended up with gout. I ended up with gout because I was eating too much meat. Oh, that's oh so crazy. Gosh. Oh my God. That is so crazy. So did you go, did you do like an online or did you go to meetings? I'm curious. I'm not, I, I didn't know. I just did strictly online. Okay. I never, I, I tried meetings the, in my first, uh, like couple months, I tried two meetings, um, but they just, I never connected like one meeting only had like 
three people and they seemed to already have a bond and uh, me coming in was not going to <laughs> penetrate that bond. And then the other one was like, just um, like an older group, yeah. uh, which I think is great for them, <laughs> but it just wasn't for me. You know, it's people had been on like 50 years. Like, it yep, just that was my experience too. Everybody was yeah. like 70 plus, nothing wrong with that, but it, I, think right. that's most, I think that's most people's experience when they <laughs> yeah, uh, check out the workshop situation. It's uh, it was pretty rare to walk into a workshop if you're a younger person or I know I don't know why a lively group. Right? <laughs> but I think that's why Instagram is so great. You can find yeah like-minded people that are. And for me, it right. was just I want to find fun recipes and just people that are on a health journey. And the Weight Watcher community just seemed to be. I like the community quite a bit. Yeah. So totally. I, I love that. And you're an ambassador as well. I saw in there. Yes. <laughs> I am an ambassador. I don't know how, I mean, I don't know how I became an ambassador and I really don't know what that means. Yeah, but I was going to yes, say, I what does that mean to you? Like, <laughs> they, what, is that, what do you do? They send you goodies every month, right? They do send me goodies. And then I have to do like, um, like fun missions. Like I just did a pie one and I don't cook pie. So like I found the easiest pie recipe and, um, I did a pie. <laughs> I saw that. So yeah. I love it. A, a peanut butter pie. It was it was really good. Wasn't it? <laughs> it was. I it was really good. Um but yeah. So I'm interested to know, um, since you're in maintenance, like what does that look like for you? It's hard. <laughs> okay. I feel like it because you're no one like before you're like looking for a loss, like you're look, yeah. you're like, there's an expectation of something here. There's no expectation. Like yeah. you're not expecting anything. You're just maintaining and there's no, and so I've had it. So it's hard. Like the shift mentally is hard to just be like, okay, like what do I need to be looking for it? And then I have to think like, do I need to look for it? Is that, is that healthy to always need to look forward to something? <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and so I, so, cause I was like, oh, I need to, you know, do fitness goals. And I think goals are fine, Good. but I think the whole, um, like, you know, fitness goals, I think that is great, but I think we are always looking for something and we need to stop looking for something and just be okay. And without, without anything, without something coming to us, we're not getting a gift. Yeah. We're not getting those pounds. And so, um, I'm working through that part of it right now. And I've been on maintenance probably like a year now. And I'm still like, it's still a struggle. Like it's still, I still struggle with it. I still struggle with my, like I talked to my friend yesterday. I was like, well, I'm not really trying to lose weight but I want the scale to move. Like, what does that even mean? <laughs> yeah, it's, I, t I totally feel you because, um, I mean, I've been in maintenance um, almost two years and it, it is, it's a big mental shift. To, it really like, is. Weight Watchers is fantastic for losing weight um, mm -hmm. and for helping you with your relationship with food. And there are so many right. great tools to help you through that. But yeah, once you kind of get to that end goal, you're like, okay, now what? <laughs> now what? Right? Like right. changing that, um, chasing, like you said, chasing that, those low numbers or like that, exactly. that loss every week. It's like, you have to kind of let go of all that and figure out how to navigate the rest of your life to just be a happy, healthy person. And you really me, do. I really struggled with the scale because I went for a lifetime. Right. So I was like, that's what you do. Mm -hmm. You get lifetime and I got it. And then I was like, I can't maintain this. <laughs> like this yeah, isn't realistic I, for me. 
I just decided I was not going to even try to go for Lifetime because though I, and I'm, I feel like sometimes I'm like crazy because I'm like, oh, I don't want to be 150 anything, but then I'm like, but that's the next number now. So like, do I want to be 150 something? And like, I knew maintaining that was not going to be healthy for me Right. because last year I got down to, I think the lowest I got down to 153 and I did not do it healthily. Like I yeah. was barely eating and I was working out a ton. Um, and that's not healthy. It's not sustainable. And I was not going to set myself up for any sort of disorder of any kind. Sure. Um, and so important. I was just like, so I was just, I just, told myself like, I will never have the lifetime badged and I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think that that's so important to talk about um, in the Weight Watchers realm. And I know mm -hmm. you can get a doctor's note and people are gonna come at right. me and be like, Marlena, you can get a doctor's And it's like, but still, like I did that. I got the doctor's note. Mm -hmm. um, but after you lose a large amount of weight, um, it's so important to figure out like, one that like the number on the scale really doesn't matter anymore. Right. Um, that's, that's like, that's kind of where I'm at right now realizing yeah. that because I'm a full 15 pounds up from where I was when I hit lifetime and I'm like, but I feel great. <laughs> right. Wear the same size clothing. And I'm literally, I'm wearing the same clothes, but my, my goals are different. Right. Like right. I, I work, I'm like, like I work out a lot. I strength train. Mm -hmm. I want to build muscle. I just want to be a healthy, like quote unquote, normal person. <laughs> you know, right. like I don't want to have to worry about all those things. I know. Uh, I tell my husband that all the time. I'm like, will I ever just not think about like, will that ever come? <laughs> like where I'm not thinking about, Oh, am I gaining or am I losing? You know, like, Will, will that ever be to the point like, like where he is? Cause he's never struggled with weight. Um, and it, like, will I ever get to that point? I'm like, I don't know. Like yeah. I'm hoping. I, yeah. I, I think for those of us who have struggled in one way or another with whether it be our relationship with food or the number on the scale, or even just our body image, right. Just the way mm -hmm. we feel about ourselves. I think we'll always have to do some type of work right in that department yeah. right like yeah. your husband might not struggle with that stuff but i'm sure there's other stuff that he still has to work <laughs> oh. on right <laughs> well oh yes <laughs> i do think when we talk about like evolving like when you're in maintenance the whole point of weight watchers is using it as a tool and trying to walk away from it a little bit in that way but i do think and this is something marlene and i talk about all the time is if your weight gain is due to sort of deeper things. If you don't work mm -hmm. on those deeper things, it will always be an issue, That's period. So it doesn't true. matter if you weigh That's 120 pounds. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're a size two, if you don't manage it's because it's not about the food. I mean, we all know how to go on a diet. That is right. not the issue. You know what I mean? The issue is why are, what, why are you self-medicating with mm -hmm. food? You know what I mean? Exactly. And what is going on there? And so I think that's the work that a lot of people miss and that they don't put their energy or time into therapy or whatever it is that they need to work on that. And if people add that in weekly, just like they do a weigh-in, you would be surprised at how much easier it is to let go of some of the right. food shit. I mean, it that's really does say. make a difference. That I say, I tell people, I'd rather you work on your mental health than work on go to the gym. Like, because your mental health is carries over into so every part of your life. Mm -hmm. Like yep. you working out can't, I mean, like it can be help your mental health by all means, like through 2020 working out has helped me so much mentally. But I also think that 
we sometimes just neglect that part because we don't think it's that important. And it's like, like, as you said, we have to figure that out before we can move on in life. Like that is so important. It's huge. And my friend, my, um, my best friend's a therapist. So I'm like complete advocate of <laughs> therapy <laughs> of any kind. Yes. My mom's a therapist. I've got a psych degree. So yes, I'm all about it. Yes. <laughs> Everybody can benefit from it. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Totally. So did your husband do Weight Watchers with you? No. That's that you no. no. Okay. My husband, just he just he no, he eats what he wants. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of times he eats my food. Cause I I tend to because my kids are seven and four. And so I have to cook two meals. Um, and so I tend to cook two meals and depending on what I cook for myself, he usually just eats what I have. And so he's um, kind on Weight Watchers just because he has no choice if he wants to eat my food. So, um, but no, he never, he never got on Weight Watchers. So he's pseudo on it because you're on it a little bit. Right. Because right. yes. he, he eats what you eat, right? Right. Starves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how did, how did you, I'm a sucker for a love story. So how did you guys meet? I love to hear. We met on eHarmony. Oh, I love it. <laughs> love it. The, yes. That's like the original, like online dating, right? Yes. He messaged me like November of 2016, but I wasn't an active member. And it was like, I think it was, uh, so 2017, valentine's day you know i was feeling lonely so i'm checking <laughs> checking my <laughs> checking my messages i'm like oh but it was like back in november i was like he has to be taken by now but i i clicked it and i replied and then he said that he wasn't a member at the time but then he got the notification and he was like well i have to pay 60 dollars for reply so if it was a good date and i pay 60 dollars, it'll be worth it so we paid sixty dollars, and the rest is history. Wow, <laughs> I, I love, love it. That. That's awesome. <laughs> are you virtually? Are you home? Like being a teacher right now to your children? <laughs> I, I am. <laughs> um, I am. My daughter's in second grade, and my son's in preschool. Um, and so with my daughter. She's pretty self-motivated, but it's very much more hands-on. So like, yes, I'm the teacher, I'm the lunch lady, I'm the janitor, I'm the nurse, I mean, all day long. Um, and so it's, it's hard. I think, I feel like it's gotten harder. At first it wasn't that bad. I think we're, both of us are burning out now. Like the last couple of weeks, I feel like we're just like, she's crying more cause she's tired of this and she just wants to, you know, cause you're home. So that's also pieces like, home is where you know you rest and now she has to you know be home but also be on school and so we're both at this point pretty much burnt out so I'm just I'm, you know I'm just counting down the days for um for the Christmas break because we need it my son well we already took Christmas break because the teacher decided <laughs> the teacher me decided that <laughs> Done. <laughs> yeah, the Christmas we were, coming early this year. Right. We were done. I can't. <laughs> oh, but it, it's it's a challenge. I and I know I feel for the teachers because I can hear because there's you know there's kids there's challenging kids in class 
And so I can hear like the like teachers trying to help the you know the kids who are you know developing delayed or have behavior issues, and it's a struggle. Um, and I I feel for the teachers who are having to to do this because this is I mean yes it's hard for me but those teachers have how many more kids that they got to deal with virtually right. like they don't have that hands on piece so it's definitely. <sighs> definitely a struggle but you know we'll we'll get through it because we have no choice so is your husband home as well or is it just you he is no he's home um he works on minecraft i don't know if you know minecraft Um, okay yeah like children would lose their minds right now that's like the coolest thing ever he's like a creator of minecraft he is i mean that's like the coolest thing ever (laughs) you is gonna think this is like the i'll be like guess who i talked to today Oh my god, my nephew's gonna lose no, it. Oh my I gosh, I know. Kids are kids love him, and he just loves talking about it. He loves, and I'm just like, like we go, <laughs> like, we're, we're not here for Minecraft. Like I don't, <laughs> I, I, I appreciate Minecraft because they pay our bills, but yeah. <laughs> like I don't understand the fun. Yeah, he, it's his dream job. He's been working there for two years now. Um, it's his absolute dream job, and but. He's working from home. It's a challenge um, too because obviously the kids, the kids are totally daddy's kids. They're like they just like me when they're going to sleep or need food. <laughs> like <laughs> they don't really they care too kids. much for. It. <laughs> yeah. So it's hard um, for him. Just but we're you know we're making it work like everybody. We just gotta make it work. <laughs> So you mentioned, so you did IVF for both of your kids. Are they twins? No, they're different ages. Right? No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, we wh- did. What was your journey like doing IVF? Did you guys kind of just go right into IVF or did you have a journey leading up to that? Well, we were not trying, um, like we were just not trying for like a year and I didn't get pregnant. So then I was, you know, I was like, wait, like, isn't, isn't that what you do? You just not protect yourself and you get right. pregnant it's like supposed to just happen right <laughs> right isn't that how it works yeah and, that's how it works on so, tv <laughs> right T- 16 and pregnant like they yeah. just get <laughs> and so i um so i wasn't like super concerned like no, like i just thought okay well maybe you know reading books like oh it could take up to two years and so but after a year and because i was like 34 34, 33, 34 at the time. Um, we just went to the doctor and they ran tests and they couldn't find any tests, um, like anything wrong with the test. I think maybe my estrogen was a little low, but they couldn't find it. And so they put me on um, Clomid, which was supposed to help me, um, I can't think of the word, supposed to help Ovulate. me. Uh, yes. <laughs> <Ovulate>. <laughs> I'm, I'm in the and midst so- of it, so I know all the words <laughs> right now. the first month I didn't do anything so the second month she upped my dose and I ended up bleeding internally because I had large cysts and so I had to go into emergency surgery remove the cysts and though it was horrible like going through that whole process um that's how we found out my tubes were closed had we not went that route I don't know that we would have ever went further um, but that's how we found out my tubes, both my tubes were closed. We don't know why. Um, and so through that, 
I ended up having both of my fallopian tubes removed. Um, and that was really, really hard. Um, I just, I remember the, going in and the nurse is like, I'm crying. And she's like, it's okay. We'll take care of you. I'm like, lady, like you don't understand. You're taking the piece that, that piece that's supposed, or what I felt like that made me a woman that made me, um, you know, supposed to be able to give birth to children. Like you're taking that away. Um, and I just remember being rolled back, just crying and thinking like, I'm no longer able to do what I'm naturally supposed to do. Um, and that was really, really hard for me. I remember like, even like, like we struggled, like our marriage obviously struggled through it because I was, I point, I would just tell my husband, you can totally divorce me. You can totally go on. And, um, and cause this isn't fair to you. I mean, like I didn't do anything to my tooth, but I just felt like it was my fault. Like, this isn't fair to you. If you want to divorce me, if you want to, um, find someone who can have kids, I totally understand because like I'm defective, I'm the problem. And it was a real, real struggle. I remember like not wanting to like go to baby showers, like that was hard. Um, and, or just even walking through the baby section, like it was just, it was hard. It was, it was really hard. Um, and then we decided IVF was our was our only option and we did so we did our first round of IVF with everything and we got eight embryos and that we uh we did a fresh transfer we transferred two embryos the first time I did not get pregnant and I was absolutely crushed um because I just thought oh this 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 is it like the problem's gone and I didn't get pregnant we froze the other four embryos um about a month later we um, went in to have my, uh, so we were, I'm freezing two more embryos. Um, the nurse called us and was like, well, only one made it and you have two still frozen. Do you want us to unfreeze the other two? And we were like, yes. Um, so we did end up with, out of the four, we ended up with two that, that survived um, thaw and they put, both of those back in me and that's how I got my daughter. Actually today, I just remember today, um, eight years ago, I took a pregnancy test and I found out that I was pregnant with her. Um, yeah, it, it, I know it was. Um, and so, yeah, we had my daughter um, August of 2013 and my pregnancies are horrible. I throw up for nine months. I oh cannot keep ice down. I literally throw up for nine months. I pregnancies are horrible, but I wanted to do it again. <laughs> um, and so <laughs> we went through another round. We didn't get as many embryos this time. And we've put two back every time I've, I've only gone pregnant once. Um, I guess my body does not want twins. Um, and so I got pregnant with my son in 2014, no, yeah, no, 15, 2015, and I had them in 2016. And then 2017, we actually, we had one more embryo left and we went in and did that one and that one did not survive. And I was like, that, that really tore me up because I knew that was the end. Like we weren't gonna try again. We weren't gonna, I wasn't, I didn't wanna put my body 
through a whole cycle of IVF and medication again, and I was turning 40. And so I was just like, yeah, this is it. Um, and that was probably the, the I, I feel like that was the hardest because I knew this was it. I was never going to accidentally get pregnant. Like that was never going to happen. Not, and it wasn't because, you know, um, I didn't want to like that, that. And so that, that one took a toll on our relationship too, which was surprising because we had two kids and I was trying to be like, you know, we have two kids, we are blessed, you know, these are our miracles. But like that finale was really hard on me um, and my husband, which I didn't realize that we were dealing with it separately, but it was really, really, really hard on us. Um, and even till today, I'm just like, there are days, like I don't, I'm to the place where I'm okay with not having any more kids. Like, you know, my kids are, I'm good with the two, but I still am like, why can't I just get pregnant? Like, why, 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 why is that my journey? Like, that's not fair that I see all these people who can just get pregnant and I can't. Um, and so I still deal with that. Um, not as much, um, but I, it's definitely still very much a part of my, my thinking. Um, just something, one, just another thing I, I'm, I'm working through. <laughs> yeah. You know, with sharing my own fertility struggles um, on Instagram, I've realized, I mean, I always knew there were other women who struggled with these things, but right. it was like so eye opening how many people, how many families struggle to, to, you know, yeah. in, in, even for people who already do have children, like, right. still have struggles mm -hmm. and like, all of those struggles are valid. And that's kind of right. um, where I've, where I am now with my journey uh, with fertility is because I, like you said, you mentioned like, you know, you see other people getting pregnant or you see mm -hmm. like baby clothes. So you see all these things and it's like, it can be so upsetting. Yeah. And I think that everybody has to kind of go through that. If you struggle with fertility, yeah. that's something right. you go through at one point. But um for me, like I am to the point now where it's just like, I've really just realized that, I mean, even people who already have children, like you're still struggling with something. Yeah. Like you still yeah. carry that with you. Um, so thank you for sharing that and everything you've shared so far, like you're sharing so, so much personal <laughs> stuff with us. And we just, so I know that's why I feel like, that's why I said like that quote, like really hit me. Cause it's like, I mostly just talk about my journey. And I mean, there were times where I've talked about like my brother, um, you know, but I'll briefly share about him, but like, there's just, I like feel like Instagram is such a small part of everyone's life. And I, yes. I don't think people yeah. always realize like how small what I share <laughs> or what any of us share are yeah. the grand scheme of our lives is so small. Yeah. You're just seeing a snapshot. And the quote that Georgia's referring to, we talked about this before we started recording. Um, you posted a few weeks back. Um, you know, my name, not my whole story. You've heard what I've done, not what I've been through. Um, so we really wanted to focus on that on this episode because, you know, we're friends with each other on the, on the internet, right? right? We're friends with so many people and we watch their journeys. Yeah. Um, and obviously most of us are on there to share like our health and wellness journeys. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but there's so much more to every single one of us. Right. And you're just yeah. seeing like a little piece. So, um, that was a big part of starting this podcast was we really wanted mm. to share more about people's stories and yeah. like the, like what led you to, you know, creating that Instagram page. Like there's so much mm -hmm. more before that. Right. Right. Even between like it's, my Instagram 
journey and my personal Instagram are worlds different. <laughs> I <laughs> complete. I'm I'm actually so political on my um, personal side, <laughs> and I'm not really on my journey side. I don't, like, I don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not at all on my Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> and that's okay, right? Yeah, it is. right. It's okay for it's those two funny. things to be separate for you. Exactly, and Me I too. and I needed that. Like, I will speak up, you know, when I feel like I have something to say. Uh, if it's political, whatever, racial, whatever, I will speak up if I have something to say. But also, like, I just wanted a space where I didn't have to. I didn't have to be the black girl speaking up. Like I just yeah. wanted a space. I will speak up. Don't don't get it twisted. You're like don't get it. Yes, I, feel I will that. speak up. But it's just one of those things where I'm just like I just because I feel like on my personal page I'm so loud. I people are probably tired to talk hear me talk. But I also feel like I have a different calling because, or I call it a calling because I'm so more focused on christians and racism and i know that's where my my audience is on my um personal side is christians Mm -hmm. and so that's where i um it's where my my political and um controversial topics are way more um i'm way more loud over there just because that's the people i feel i need to shout at yeah sure and i think our pages can be different things like Mm mine is about my wellness journey and that's it that's what right. I want to use my page for. And it's supposed to be fun and informational and, and yeah, light yeah. for me. It's my a place to be light because I have a, a, a pretty, a career that's heavy <laughs> and a lot yeah, of other no. things that are heavy. So yeah. that's not what I want totally. that space to be. So well, I, I just want to say too, I mean, as women of color, it's really not your responsibility to yeah. be educating the wellness world <laughs> on mm-hmm. um, things that um, you know, and for me, that's a big reason why I am so vocal. I mean, I don't have any personal, uh, social media. I actually don't even have any other <laughs> social media except for my, um, yeah, for my, except for my page. I've just never really been that much of a social media person, which is yeah, probably like weird now. Cause I have this like growing that's social media page. Though. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm brand branding. <laughs> but, that's your brand, though. You are. Uh, I think that's your brand. But, but your with with me only having that one page, I come 100% as my authentic self, um, and and that's yeah. a big piece of it for me. And I noticed pretty quickly a lot of the issues um, that just needed to be brought up and addressed. And um, so I don't I don't mind taking that on. Right, well, and I and I appreciate your voice. Yeah, yes, I appreciate your voice. So I can be yeah. silent. So I'm glad yes. you're. <laughs> yeah, because it really is. It's, you know, and I talked about this on um, the episode where Felicia interviews me about why I'm an activist, yeah. um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and as a white passing Latina, it's just like, it's I'm very passionate about using that mm-hmm. privilege to educate um, and to uplift. Right. right. So. Right. Right. Definitely. Important. Very yeah, important. So important. Um, um, and you mentioned your brother a couple of times and mm-hmm. I, I mean, if you don't, if you don't want to share, you do not have to, we can cut this oh, out. Oh no, I'm totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to hear his story. Yeah. Um, so we, we grew up in a very, you know, like I said, Christian home, my dad's a pastor, like, um, but we all have our struggles And my brother's struggle was he had addiction struggles. Um, and so for, a lot of his life he struggled with addiction um 
And so he was in and out of jail, um, in prison. Um, and, you know, he would get clean. And then, um, again, that addiction, that, that battle, you know, consistently throughout his adult life, um, you know, is something he fought with. And, uh, yeah, um, I don't even know all the pieces to the story. I just remember um, March 17th, 2017, I got a call from my sister um, saying that he had been shot um, and by the police. Um, and they, at that point, we didn't know if he was alive. Actually, I, I knew immediately, I knew he had, I just felt like he's gone, like, um, and then, yeah, we got the confirmation and his name was just like spread all over the news. It was just so, it also makes me look at news differently now. Um, I don't really watch the news at all because I hate the news. Um, but it makes me look at it, things differently because how they portrayed my brother. Yes, he struggled. Yes, he had his demons. Um, but the story they were telling was so one-sided. It wasn't the complete story um, yeah. of what um, his life was um, and the depth of everything that was going on. And so um, he was, um, yeah, he was, he was shot in the back of the head um, by a police officer. And, um, and we, str I mean, like, we struggled. I honestly will say that my mom was probably the biggest strength. My mom, like, I don't know how she did it. Um, because the officer who did it actually ended up being fired because he abused his wife and then come to find out that he had had, um, a lot of times where he was using um, aggressive force. Um, and they tried to like get my mom to press charges against him and file. And she was just like, it's not gonna bring my son back. Like, I don't want to go, th I don't want to go through that. Cause it's just, gonna, they're just gonna bring up all kinds of stuff. Like they're just gonna drag his name. And my mom was so strong. She found the officer's name in the phone book at the time we still had phone books. And she called him. And she just told him, I forgive you. Like, wow, I forgive you. And he hung up. Um, but like, I think that's what made me forgive him. Um, yeah. And just move on and not like hate all police officers. I know as soon as I say that there's a, there's a, as soon as I say like my brother was killed by police, people assume that I hate all police. People assume that um, like my family hates police officers. No, we know they're, that the benefit of police officers, but we also know that there's a problem um, yeah. within our um, our country with police officers. So um, it was it was a rough time, and it just every time someone a, a black male gets killed, not even a black male, every time a black person gets killed, it does take me back to March seventeenth, two thousand seventeen. Like because we it was in a house, there was no cell phones, we have no idea what truly happened besides he was blamed for the situation and we don't know um, and we'll never know. Um, so 2020 has been hard because of so much has been going on. And so it has, it, it's definitely had me thinking a lot about him and a lot about like, could he have been saved? Like what could have happened? What if we had, you know, what if someone had a cell phone, but um, I don't hate, I'll say this loud, I don't hate police officers. Um, I appreciate those who are good officers and I appreciate those who stand up 
when wrong is being done. Um, but yeah, um, it's definitely it's definitely something I never thought would happen in my life that that my brother would be killed my, and my brother would be killed by an officer. And then now living in 2020, dealing with the same stuff. Yeah, it's uh, it's so prevalent in the news. And thank you for sharing that story. Yeah, thank I, you I, so much. Um, yeah. So many families, just like your family, have lost someone mm-hmm. and their names don't end up in, in mainstream oh. media. And, right. you know, and then so many names do end up in mainstream media. And like you said, those tor- stories get twisted. And um, right. But we are living in this age where things are being documented mm-hmm. when they're happening. And yeah. um, it's really opening up a lot of people's eyes because, um, you know, we, it's, it's strange because you and I actually connected uh, while everyone was talking on Instagram about George Floyd. And I don't mm-hmm. know how I didn't, how I wasn't following you yet, but um, we, uh, someone actually tagged me in a post and like, it was, a, and I was like, wow, like that's, it's just crazy how right. with technology, like now we're able to um, mobilize more and connect more and really help right. understand yeah. the systematic problems, right? Right. It's not just, you can't just group everything into one issue, like, oh, exactly. police are the problem. Well, yeah. no, it's right. not just that. There's so much more to it. And I get that all the time too. I get messages all the time going oh do you hate police do you hate this do you hate that no you don't you don't understand that it's 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 much deeper than that yeah it, there's right. so many working and there are shitty people and, yeah and, and, <laughs> right. you know, and, and like and there and, are some i hate actually yeah. Yeah, and there, and there are, right um so yeah thank you for sharing that i really yeah. appreciate that no, this is I, great. I appreciate this time. I, I appreciate you guys letting me tell my story, letting me be me, let me not be Georgia, losing it to live on Dub Dub. Just let me be Georgia. I appreciate yes. you letting me be Georgia. We love it. <laughs> yes, we love it. Well, we so appreciate you joining us today. Thank you so much. It was very nice to meet you. It was nice meeting you too. Enjoy the rest of your cold I don't know. Is it cold oh, there now? <laughs> it's always cold here. If it's not, if it's not June, July, or August, it's cold here. <laughs> That's pretty much it. With a few nice days sprinkled in there sprinkled in every between. once in a while. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah. No. Mm-mm. I'm still trying to get my husband to move somewhere else because, uh, but he's never gonna move with his job now. But I'm just yeah. like. Ooh. Yes. Thank you, ladies, so much. Thank you. Hopefully we will. I want to find uh, your personal page and follow you over there. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be like, (laughs) 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 well, and that, and that piece about um, racism and Christianity, like there's so much work that needs to be done there. It's so Um, deep. And we, and we witnessed that happening in our own WW community recently, right? Um, Racism being excused by Christianity. And it's just like, you know, I, I recently was reading, um, and I came across a quote and it, it was talking about how, you know, we're taught growing up not to use the Lord's name in vain and how we think that that's like saying like, oh, God damn it. Right. Yeah. Like, we're like trained to think, but really mm-hmm. using the Lord's name in vain is 
using the Lord's name as an excuse to oppress, right? To, to put people down and to yeah, not to hurt people. Yeah. To hurt people. And, and right. being a Christian is not, not being a fan of Christ. It's being uh, Christ like, right. Right. A, I can't, I mean, being a Christian is the foundation of being a Christian is to serve people less than you, no matter what color they are, no matter where they live. I didn't say it in the Bible. You only get to live in America. That's not how it right. works. I know, okay, how did America like, become how did America become God's I apple of the eye? Like I was, I mean, I was baptized colonization in, in my twenties. So I went. I was baptized in my twenties, and that is the foundation of being a Christian. That's it. Oh, yeah, that's that, that was that was deep for me. Like I've I'm sick of Christians. I feel <laughs> and we really want to be, or those who claim to be Christians, but the love is not there. I'll say that. I'm sick yeah. of those people. It's like a lot of things in this world we live in. It's like an ass seat on TV commercial. You know what I mean? You just go through the motions. It looks good. Right. But the shit does stick to the pan. Okay. Ugh. Like yes. 1999, it does stick. <laughs> okay. People just go through the motions. I think a lot because it's what they're supposed to do. You go to church on Sunday. That's what you're supposed to do. But I think when you grow up that way, sometimes you go through the motions, not really knowing what it means because it's just right. something you're supposed to do, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And yeah. so I think sure. I have just a different appreciation because I made the choices on my own as an adult. And yeah. Yeah. That's just how that's true. I feel about it. Um, and, well, I'm like Georgia. I mean, I might, my parents aren't pastors, but I grew up in the church. I grew up with uh, Roman Catholicism shoved mm. down my throat, <laughs> uh, you know, and it's, it, and for a long time, I had a really complicated relationship with God because of that. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and it wasn't really until I became an adult and then I was able to like make my own choices and, right. and search right. for myself, um, where I was able to be like, oh, okay, this is what my relationship with God looks like. Yes. Not I what totally somebody agree. else tells you. I totally agree. And I still having conversations with God now, like, that don't even make sense, God. Like, you know, <laughs> you know, I, don't, I need you to help. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's a, that's a whole nother subject. We shall have you back <laughs> right. on for that. Yeah, right. <laughs> right? <laughs> do a whole hour long episode. Just yeah. on that. <laughs> oh, God. I love it, though. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank you. I'm going to go eat now. I, I know. I'm hungry Marlena too. gets mad. Marlena's like, she's always hungry. Look she's at my new hungry. clicker though. She's this is when I, when I feel like counting points, but I don't want to write shit down. This is my little thing. I just click one, two. That's, that's what I do. Six bucks. Okay. This is my hack. This is my little we hack for counting yes. points. We love hacks. That's it. All right. That's what I do. I can't. <laughs> All, right. All right, guys. All right. Thank bye. you. Bye. Talk soon. Bye. It was good to meet All you. Right, bye. Okay, so wait. Don't leave the meeting. How do I how do I unrecord? Pause. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please leave us a review. We greatly appreciate that. And we'll see you bitches next Monday. Bye.